Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of the Draft Eye Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, it's going to be probably be our last fantasy football podcast. We'll we'll be podcasting about some other stuff, but you know, your championship week has probably come and gone. I unfortunately lost mine, so that was mm. tough. But hey, you know, at least I made it, so that's good. But yeah, uh, I'm Jonah. Joined as always by my co-host Colt. Colt, how's it going? Yeah, it's it's going well for me. I don't mean to throw dirt into your wound or anything like that. My two my two main leagues, uh, I ended up finishing the championship, and it, you know it's it's there's a good degree of luck, right? And you know you may have had like an Amari Cooper or Raheem Mostert or something like that that got you there and just left you at the altar. So yeah, that 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 happens to the best of us. We're we're skipping the waivers. Typically, we do waivers on this type, uh, you know, on a Monday, but it's week eighteen. You know, we're we're not going to cater to the one or two percent of leagues that are still going into the fantasy championships. Talk to your commissioner, get that changed around. I mean, that's not find help. Um, that's not you know we we don't condone week eighteen fantasy playoffs uh, or championships at least. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, logically it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So if you have any questions on that, if you're still in one. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Draft Dive or at underscore Colt Williams. We'll be happy to answer any kind of start sit questions you got there or any uh, you know any waiver wire pickups that you've got. But today we're doing a, a special show. We are doing an award show for a lot of different awards, kind of like uh, fantasy quarterback of the year, comeback player of the year, rookie of the year, and all fantasy related. Um, so I'm pretty excited for it. This has been one of the best. Uh, one of our, our, you know, one of the most fun pieces I've gotten to do research on and just like figure out who do I have as the best player at this position, you know, for the season or who is my favorite waiver wire pickup of the season. So we're going to let you all in on that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off, Jonah, if you're, if you're cool mm-hmm. with that. And I, th- I think there's, there's the place we should start uh, first is the player that hurt you the most. You were talking about your, your championship. You kind of went down in flames there, but you know, still a podium finish. You know, second second place yeah. is nothing to scoff at. But we're going to start off with the player that hurt you the most. And this is a player who you kept starting, starting, and starting, whether it was due to their earlier performances or their namesake or whatever it is, they consistently let you down. And my player with that has to be Patrick Mahomes. I mm. mean, he was drafted as the first quarterback off the board in majority of your drafts. If you're drafting a onesie position, like a quarterback or a tight end, where you're only starting one of them, they have to perform to meet their draft capital to make it worth it. I mean, he only had five games over 20 points at the quarterback position. Or, I mean, for like an example, Brock Purdy, he had nine 20-plus point games. Sam Howell, who ended up losing his job at the end of the year, had six. Rookie C.J. Stroud, I mean, he was on fire, but it's still a rookie quarterback. They don't come off this hot. He had six of them. And Josh Dobbs, he had five 20-plus point games. I mean, these are players we did not expect, you know, a lot of them undrafted in majority of leagues just because they were drafted so late to perform anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes, who you were spending like a second-round pick on. Uh, I mean, it was a down year all around for Mahomes. He's the quarterback seven. If you're happy with that, cool, but you, you lacked at a lot of other pieces since you drafted him so high. This is the lowest touchdown total and the lowest passing yardage total um, of Mahomes' career since 2019. Highest interception total ever. 
And overall, just a disappointing season for Patrick Mahomes, who, like I said, given his namesake, it probably started him every single week. Yeah, no, he he had a tough year fantasy-wise. I mean, he's not having, you know, he's having a tough year overall, but a tough year for him. You know, like you said, he's still quarterback seven. That's him having a bad year. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's not the worst thing, but definitely not what you were expecting uh, when you took him. As you said, I mean, the only quarterback that was going to be taken possibly first round, maybe second round. You expect him to just be very consistent and consistently, you know, over that 20 points. That's mm-hmm. You're basically expecting that from him every week. And he just, uh, you know, it wasn't his year fantasy-wise, but I wouldn't count him out of, you know, the playoffs or anything like that. Oh, no, certainly. Still still Patrick Mahomes, so he can get it done. And they've been winning, um, you know, for the most part. So it's it's difficult to, yeah, fantasy and reality, or fantasy and, and you know, the NFL, uh, little too different yeah uh my guy he you know he wasn't on my team but i think anyone who drafted him will will agree austin eckler Mm. just uh that running back position so important you know he's probably what a top five pick what was he running back one or two last year um he's you took him early in the first round And he did very little this year. I mean, I don't, you know, in this league, I can't even find him in, like, top top 50 running backs. I'm not sure exactly where he finished, but he finished low. And to have your first-round pick just absolutely bust like that, that's got to hurt. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, Austin Eckler dealt with a little bit of injury to start the season. I mean— to kick off the season, you know, he, he had like a 24-point game and half-point PPR. You're you're super excited. You're like, yes, another another great season out of Austin Eckler, who was the running back, too, in consensus. Like, he was drafted right behind McCaffrey, sometimes ahead of McCaffrey. And, yeah, I mean, he and then he got injured, right? And it's more yeah. of, is it is it he was injured? Is it a little bit of the offense? I think it was a mix of both. And then he just didn't perform. I mean, he consistently let you down week over week. It was, I mean, you're you're coming off multiple seasons where he had, what was it? He had 20 touchdowns two years ago, and then last year he had 18 touchdowns. That's going to prop you up a good bit, but the touchdowns weren't here this season. Neither was the, you know, the efficiency and the yardage. So overall, he just let you down. But yeah, you started him every single week. And then the fantasy championship against Denver, three points, like, Come on, it's that, that's a bit of a bummer, and I think it was a contract year for for Eckler. So, yeah, that's it's going to be interesting to see where he goes if he ends up moving moving away from Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, I think he's still got some left in the tank. You mentioned it. I mean, I don't think you can ignore how bad San Diego's coaching was. That's got to affect everyone, not just Justin Herbert, but uh, you know. Maybe he stays there and a new coach is what he needs or a new coach somewhere else. We'll we'll see this offseason. We will see. We will see. All right, on to we're going to go to the fantasy positions, like fantasy quarterback of the year, fantasy running back, and so on. But these ones right here, we're doing it based off of where they were drafted, 
how they performed, and what they did in the fantasy playoffs. So, for my fantasy quarterback of the year, this is a player I had already mentioned um, just a little while ago, as a little hint, but he was just absolutely on fire this year. Talking about Brock Purdy, he was drafted as the quarterback 19 off the board. So if you're in a traditional like 10, 12, even a 14-team league, in most leagues, you know, people are drafting one, maybe two quarterbacks. He was undrafted. So, I mean, he, he, you're getting him at a discount. So you, you, where you got him drafted, probably got him off waivers, if anything. He had nine 20-plus performances on the season. That is just about as consistent as they come. He only hurt you twice, and sadly, one of those was against the Ravens in the playoffs. So, you know, that we, we mentioned that multiple times, that that's going to be a bad matchup. Hopefully you audibled from that. But nevertheless, still second at passing yards and touchdowns. Absolutely on fire for Brock Purdy. He's my fantasy quarterback of the year. Yeah, and and I'll spoil it. You know, he's my fantasy quarterback too, just because it's like you said, the guy was either drafted really late as a backup or undrafted in your league. I usually only draft one quarterback, and I know some some other people do that, so he might have gone undrafted in your league. And he ends up, you know, I've got him as quarterback five on the year. The the only thing you you mentioned it, you say, oh gosh, that playoff game was tough. And yeah, but you're probably not in the fantasy playoffs without Purdy, especially you just got such value on him. It's yeah, he he killed it this year. He proved all the doubters wrong. Yeah, and I think another honorable mention, um, I just got two other names here. Jordan Love, I mean, he was drafted even later. He was <laughs> he was the uh, quarterback 26 off the board, so certainly on waivers, uh, maybe even on waivers in two quarterback leagues. But, yeah, nobody took a shot on him for the most part as far as average draft position goes. And uh, Dak Prescott, I mean, he was on fire for like a six or seven week, almost like a two-month stretch. So he, he definitely catapulted your teams closer to the fantasy playoffs, winning you weeks single-handedly. Um, with Dak, and if he had C.D. Lamb, I mean, that only only helped you go even further. So, yeah, some honorable mentions there for quarterbacks, but Brock Purdy, ultimately, I mean, he had to be the pick, and I'm glad to see that he was yours as well. We're going to have a lot of overlap, I'm yeah. sure, with uh, yeah, with probably. some of these players, but even if we don't, um, you know, I, I think everybody has a, um, you know, a fighting chance. Like As you mentioned, Austin Eckler is a person who hurts you the most. That's a great pick. I mean, I, Tony Pollard, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you, the list yeah. goes on and on. Yeah, there were a lot of letdowns this year and a lot of <laughs> very nice surprises this year. A lot of very nice surprises, but maybe no under, uh, no other than this next person. I, I'm going to go with my fantasy running back of the year, and I had to go with this guy. I mean, 31 years old, Raheem Mostert. He mm. was drafted as the running back 40. He had 21 touchdowns in his ninth year of this, you know, of his career. It's that's wild. It reminds me a little bit of not necessarily as uh, career trajectory, but Curtis Martin, where he you know had multiple thousand yard seasons. Not that Mostert was doing that, but he had his All Pro season at like thirty three or thirty five years old. Like just you know, it, it is his his peak was all the way way later in his career. Um, but yeah, Mostert rushed for over a thousand yards, four point eight four a carry, which is great, but actually the lowest of his career, mainly because he had a lot of volume, and that's gonna kind of plummet that down when you're, you know, taking the ball on like fourth and one and, and whatnot like that. But I wasn't in the Mostert camp. I was a believer more in Jeff Wilson just because they're about the same value come draft day. Wilson was a little bit later, 
and then he ended up pulling up late with a uh, like an injury in training camp. And then you have uh, Devon Acham, like he's the new hotness. So is it him or Mostert? Even then, I wasn't really sure it was going to be Mostert. He showed some flashes the year before, but still kind of a timeshare with with uh, Jeff Wilson. Sadly, as we as we kind of mentioned, if he, if he got you to the fantasy championship, that's that's good that he got you there. But you know, uh, hopefully you're able to adjust and account for him because he didn't get to play in week 17. But Raheem Mostert, he's my fantasy running back of the year. I think he's just he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so Mostert definitely the best value. Um, he was one of my running backs. A very nice uh, surprise this year. Very positive surprise. I mean. I think he's, you know, he's running back two in my league mm-hmm. behind Christian McCaffrey. So, if <laughs> yeah, you've got to be happy with what Mostert did. And I just, what's that? Uh, I was just going to say, 21 touchdowns is so, it's so insane. <laughs> we were talking yeah, about Austin Eckler's yeah. the years before, you know, 20 touchdowns, it was 18 or something like that. And he's just, he, he outdid himself. But nevertheless, who, who do you have at the, uh, as your fantasy running back of the year? You know, I just went really boring. The guy who was on the highest percentage of teams in the playoffs and the championship, he was the number one running back picked, but he performed like it. So Christian McCaffrey also decided to put up 21 touchdowns, uh, 2,000 yards from scrimmage, just absolute dominant. He unfortunately hurt me in the championship game, but I mean, you know, you're not in the championship without McCaffrey. Yeah, that that is true. And I mean, what an unbelievable career so far for him. I mean, it's a second second season with 2000 scrimmage yards. Like that's man, he is just getting it done and he's going to get some rest. I mean, I know he's out uh here for week 18, then they have the first round bye, so yeah, he's going to be well rested going into the playoffs. He's going to be I mean, just a little spoiler into uh our fantasy uh, playoff prediction we're gonna be doing that next thursday but he he's yeah he's gonna be well rested and i think he'll be um ready to go yeah and just as you mentioned i mean i, I didn't have him as my fancy running back of the year but he's certainly well deserving of the award we can't we can't take away you know just the consistency that he had um you know throughout the season and if you just you know you think of consistency as like a, a josh allen uh a jalen hurts Somebody like that who's, you know, rushing for a little bit, you know, and, and throwing for a little bit as well and just getting it done both you know, dual threat. That's what Christian McCaffrey is doing. And he did it at even a higher level than both, you know, the quarterbacks, which they're the highest scoring, typically the highest scoring uh, player overall in fantasy. And Christian McCaffrey topped both of them. He's he's just been phenomenal. But yeah, it did it did kind of sting a little bit in the in the championship game. So uh, we're not going to ding too many points off multiple forty-point games from Christian McCaffrey this season. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah. At wide receiver, I I had to go with a guy who he, he's been so consistent. And when your name is close to you know in the same conversation is Jerry Rice, I I got to mention you here. So Mike Evans is my mm-hmm. fantasy wide receiver of the year. He was drafted as the wide receiver thirty-two finished as the wide receiver four or he's the wide receiver four at least right now it reminds me a lot uh the buccaneers this season remind me a lot of last year's 2022 seahawks with geno smith that everybody was counting out dk metcalf counting out tyler lockett and well 
I mean, <laughs> clearly, Mike Evans, one, still has it. Um, I mean, we saw, saw in the season before, he did almost nothing for a lot of the season, and then the huge championship, like, three-touchdown blow-up game uh, kind of plummeted, or rather catapulted, his, um, his fantasy finish. But Baker Mayfield, I think he is somebody we can, you know, say he had a pretty good season, his best season of his career. It's going to help when you have a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver like Mike Evans out there. But he he looked competent. Is he the quarterback future for the Bucks? I know, but I do know that, like I said, the two of those connected, uh, two of them connected for a lot of uh, touchdowns, a lot of yardage. It was awesome to see. And Mike Evans, I mean, only two games under six points and half PPR. Which even if you get six points, you're kind of like, okay, that's not great, but it didn't kill you on the week. It wasn't a zero. And then he had five games of 20-plus points, which is just uh, its going to win you your week for the most you know, most uh, weeks. So Mike Evans, he's my fantasy wide receiver of the year. Yeah, Mike Evans killed it this year. Um, he definitely, you know, he overperformed my expectations. I thought, no disrespect to him, but I didn't love his quarterback situation there. And, you know, I guess it shows. What did I know? I mean, Baker Mayfield for, <laughs> you know, for Basically. the – big uh consistency all of a sudden in his career and uh yeah he just he murdered it this year yeah his stats are very comparable to geno smith's of last year both throwing for about four thousand yards 30 touchdowns like 30 touchdowns is close to leading the league um here in, in 2023 scoring was down all across the board so that's going to kind of help and a ton of quarterbacks being injured uh is also going to help but yeah that's quarterback nine on the season for baker mayfield he's Career year, was anybody expecting that? I don't think so. No, no, it, it was a surprise, but good for him. Um, I went with CeeDee Lamb. Um, very, very close to Tyreek Hill in stats. You know, Tyreek's the wide receiver number one, but CeeDee's receiver number two by just, you know, very little difference, especially per week. We're looking at about, well, we're looking at less than one point per week. And he didn't, you know, Tyreek was probably a first-round pick. CD was going second, maybe even third round. And, you know, just performed out of his mind. He had those weak winner-type weeks, you know, 30 points, 33 points. And showed up late in the year when you were trying to make a playoff push. And for the playoffs past two weeks, you know, 20 and 32 points. So... Yeah, no, CeeDee Lamb is well-deserving of the award. I mean, he's just been he's been on fire. I, if I had to tell you to rank these three wide receivers in, like, let's say, a dynasty format, how are you ranking them? Justin Jefferson with, you know, who, who knows who at quarterback, Jamar Chase, you know, ideally with Joe Burrow, and then CeeDee Lamb with Dak Prescott. Where do you have those three wide receivers ranked? Because it's been the talk of the town on Twitter as of recently, and CeeDee Lamb was not in that conversation uh, before this year. Yeah, no, he, it was, you know, he was always good and he was great this year. Uh, maybe I'm a bit of a homer, but I'm going with uh, Justin Jefferson one. I still, I think he's the best receiver in football. Okay. They'll figure out their, you know, most people don't look good when their quarterback goes down. Most people aren't playing very well with four different quarterbacks, so he and he can still get a thousand yards this year and he missed half the season which is his first injury as well so he's been healthy um 
you know, I'd go with Jefferson one. Gosh, on to two. That's a really tough call. It is. It is super close, and I, I don't. I, I don't necessarily need a, a complete answer, but I, <laughs> I think it, it. It's. But that's crazy, though, right? One season. Yeah. This season here is going to sh- just show that why he's the fantasy uh, wide receiver of the year for you because this was not. It was clearly uh, a Justin Jefferson and then Jamar Chase, and then who knows? Is it Tyreek Hill? He's really old. Is it Stephon Diggs? He's also old. Like AJ Brown, maybe Cooper Cup. I don't know, but D.D. Lamb was always, you know, fifth, sixth, fourth, something like that in the line. Now I think it's a tie at two with Jamar Chase. Their quarterback positions, both of them are kind of solidified. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't argue with anybody if they wanted to put either one of them above Jefferson as either. I have Jefferson at, at one as well, um, just with you. But, yeah, it's a phenomenal year for C.D. Lamb. Absolutely. He's yeah. just been better right every single year. I'd, I'd lean a tiny bit towards Chase just because of Burrow, but yeah. man, they should probably get an offensive line there too. <laughs> they should, and it's funny when you look at CD Lamb. I mean, just year over year, uh, just getting better. Nine hundred yards, eleven hundred, thirteen hundred, sixteen hundred yards. Like more touchdowns every single year. Just it's been awesome to watch, and uh, you know, great choice by the Dallas Cowboys with the first first round pick for CD Lamb. On, yeah. on to uh, fantasy tight end of the year. I think we might have the same person here, and I want to play a little game with you. I'd like to. I want to see if we can count it down. Um, so I'll go like three, two, one, and then we'll say the name. Are you cool with All that? Because right. I think I think we're gonna have yep. the same person, unless you, unless you think that you might have somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. All you right. You never know how other people think. The, the, I'm pretty weird. All right. All right. Well, let, let's go ahead and do it because I, I think I think we're gonna have the same. So we'll count it down. Three, two, one, Sam George Kittle. George Kittle. Ah, see? Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, George Kittle is a very good one as well. I'll give my case for for Sam Laporta and those two, uh, you know, freaks, uh, uh, you know, feats of strength. They could just rip the trophy in half and share it. But Sam Laporta, I mean, he was drafted as the tight end 17, finishes the tight end one overall. I mean, he he said, hey, Travis Kelsey – Go hang out with Taylor Swift. It is it's my time to kind of shine here. He did that at least in his first season. So he broke the mold for stereotypes of rookie tight ends. Just can't get it done for fantasy. I mean, he, he's just 35 more yards away from having the third most receiving yards by a rookie tight end in NFL history. Uh, with just one more catch, he's going to have the most receptions uh, in NFL history for a rookie tight end. And he's top two in touchdowns for rookie tight ends in NFL history. Just overall, phenomenal season. He's a stud, and he's going to be great in the league for a ton of years to come. I mean, I, I didn't expect too much. I wasn't really in the camp, and I didn't think he was that much of an athlete, but I think he proved myself and a lot of other people wrong. Well, you always trust Iowa tight ends. That's where I went wrong. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> Speaking of another Iowa tight end, you have... Yeah, <laughs> yeah his his old alumnus, uh, George Kittle, but... No, Laporta was awesome. He's definitely the better value of the two. Um, in my league, Kittle was actually tight end number one, followed very closely again, less than one point a game with mm-hmm. Sam Laporta behind him. Um, I just went with Kittle because the tight end is, it's hard to come by for production. At least it was. I feel like this year more tight ends showed up, which was great for fantasy, but yeah. I feel like early in this year, 
you had about four or five tight ends that you felt good about. And, you know, that's maybe half your league felt good about their tight end starting. So Kittle being the third or fourth uh, tight end taken and finishing at number one over a thousand yards. Uh, I just had to give it to him. Yeah, both both great choices. I mean, they both had games where they had three touchdowns. Kittle had more like 100 yard games. But overall, you can't go wrong with either one. It, I mean, Kittle had over a thousand yards. I mean, you're going to be super excited about that um, coming from your tight end position. So, yeah, go go Iowa. <laughs> keep, yes, go keep Iowa. Spitting them out. Keep, keep That's spitting for them you, out. Joe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at the um let's move on to uh rookie of the year. Now, you could go a few different ways with this one. I think there's probably about three or four different uh different players that are well deserving. But I had to this go one. Yeah. There are good rookies. Yeah, and and even with the other ones, there there's been a ton of tough decisions as we were talking about before the podcast. Like there's been a this has been fun to write, but rather challenging because there are some that are you know, there's a lot of people deserving for the award. Um, with Rookie of the Year, I'm going with the Flying Hawaiian. I'm going Puka Nakua. Uh, I mean, he had seven 100-yard games. Only CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Tyreek Hill had more 100-yard uh, receiving games this season. And that's good company to be a part of. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been absolutely great. With just 29 more receiving yards, he'll break the all-time rookie receiving record with uh, Bill Groman. Uh, holds and from 1960, and yes, that was a that was a 14 game season, but still pretty cool that he's shattering that. I'm not like a big uh, records guy because they keep adding games. It feels like every season, but even even so, just comparing him to like Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Chase's 17 game season, he's 10 yards away from that. So he, he's been phenomenal on the season. He wasn't a guy who was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. 22. He's a fifth round rookie. He's didn't have much college production either, um, but he's an absolute superstar. So Pukunuku is my my vote for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. In the my own discussion, I did go a different way, but I mean, he's a top ten receiver who was a fifth, you know, top ten fantasy receiver who was a fifth round pick in the NFL draft, <laughs> not in the fantasy draft. You know, so yeah, what a what a great year from him. You know. I, I was lucky enough to pick him up in a trade pretty early on, so I, I certainly love him. But so one of the reasons I didn't go Sam Laporta for fantasy tight end of the year, he's my rookie of the year. Yeah. And we talked about it. Uh, I just thought that the tight end, like, I mean, it was a barren, real barren landscape for quite a while in fantasy tight ends. You know, it seemed like there was Travis Kelsey, then, you know, Mark Andrews and, uh, George Kittle, mm-hmm. but beyond that, I mean, really beyond those three, there was kind of a second tier, and then there wasn't a lot of names on that tier, and it got real scary. So uh, Laporta coming in as a rookie, rookie tight ends don't do well, except Sam Laporta. So you know, even I, you know, I underestimated him and should just known, you know, Iowa tight end, you just you go for it. <laughs> They are the Titan University for sure. Um, I, I think some honorable mentions. I, obviously, Pukunakua, Sam Laporta, those two were like at the top of my list. But Jameer Gibbs, mm. uh, if he, you know, he didn't really do much the first six weeks, um, which is going to really plummet your value for being Rookie of the Year. I mean, these guys did it for the entirety of the season. And then CJ Stroud, I think, is somebody we could throw a, a bone at. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he had a phenomenal 
rookie season and hopefully he caps it off here um getting getting a little bit further um into his career but yeah they, they've just looked they've looked incredible also speaking of looking incredible breakout player of the year uh, is our next award this one i i kind of left it open for interpretation i didn't put a definition next to it like some of the other ones but i, I think you can go a lot of different directions with this i my I, uh, idea of it is it's kind of a player who's been in the league before, so they can't be a rookie. Um, I mean, that's okay if you have one, but they, they can't be a rookie in my head, and they've just, you didn't really expect much out of them, and then they just come out of nowhere. And I thought no mm -hmm. one was better, maybe more deserving for the award than Kyron Williams. I mean, in 2022, Kyron Williams was somebody I enjoyed watching tape on out of Notre Dame. Um, you know, and then, you know, he wasn't at the top of the list he, for running backs for me. He showed some flashes, and then he hits the combine. He tanks it. His draft stock, you know, just plummets because of it, and he you know, ends up being a fifth-rounder, which Rams and fifth-rounders, hey, kudos yeah. to you. Uh, whoever they draft in the fifth round this year, I've, I'm taking a close eye at uh, looking at them. But mm -hmm. he was playing behind Cam Akers, so he didn't have the draft capital, didn't have the speed, didn't you know even have the, his spot on the depth chart, and he proved us all wrong. The Rams they were willing to let go of Acres because they knew they had a superstar just waiting there. He is second in the league, Jonah, in rushing, and he missed four games. Like it is, <laughs> it is absolutely insane that he, what he's doing. Fifteen total touchdowns, six games over a hundred yards, and he's the running back six on the year. Kyron Williams is my breakout player of the year, and I, I personally I, I couldn't think of anybody else who was was close for me uh, but who do you have as your breakout player of the year yeah no Kyron makes a lot of sense thought about him but I actually I went with another running back he was definitely more liked in the draft uh in the fantasy draft than Williams was but I felt really outperformed his draft capital and is probably you know now going to be a first round pick going forward so Travis Etienne mm-hmm yeah, so he, he finished running back number three for me here in the league and was, you know, I I guess I don't have the, the draft numbers in front of me, but, you know, maybe a fourth, fifth, even sixth round pick. A guy you kind of pick up because you want running backs and you always want a lot of running backs, but you're not really expecting it from him to, yeah, like I said, I mean, finish right behind Raheem Mostert, who ended up as running back too. So he, I thought he broke out this year and showed why, you know, he was, he was a high draft pick and showed how bad the coaching used to be. Yeah. I mean, 12 touchdowns on the season. That is crazy. I, I'm happy to see that they, they finally started using him in the passing game, you know, even with a lot of uh, good receivers on the, on the Jaguars. I know they had some issues with players going down or, you know, being mm -hmm. out for a little bit of time, but yeah, I mean, he was a, you know, a great pass catcher in Clemson, so glad to see him actually getting some passing work uh, because he has that, that skill set. So Travis Etienne, yeah, another player who, who broke out this season, you know, missed the first season with whatever, uh, I forget what it was. Uh, Thought uh, it was a knee, but I might be wrong. Yeah, it was like a, some kind of foot injury, but yeah, um, yeah he missed his first, first season, comes out next season, you know, did what we kind of expected out of a first round running back. And then this year just went absolutely insane. Uh, you know, blowing up for like, I think 1400 scrimmage yards, 
12 touchdowns, as I mentioned. So Travis Etienne, big breakout for him this year. Yeah. At uh, at the next pick here, uh, comeback player of the year. This is a player that came back to relevance, kind of shocked you. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I've got a repeat name. I'm going with Raheem Mostert, who is my fantasy running back of the year. Uh, as I mentioned, just absolutely destroyed it. 21 touchdowns on the season at 31 years old. Didn't really do much in his entire career. Uh, always showed flashes, but couldn't stay healthy. And this season, it was just kind of cool to see him come back, uh, you know, come back into relevance. Yeah, no, I definitely thought about him. Uh, a good pick for all the reasons we've talked about. I mean, again, running back number two uh, on the year and out of a guy you didn't expect anything from. Mm-hmm. So pretty simple, but I, I decided to go with Baker Mayfield. Just yeah. based on my own personal, I guess, shock of, wow, I can't believe this guy, he's fantasy relevant, and he's still fantasy relevant, but uh, he finished uh, quarterback number seven, right behind Tua, and I find it very hard to believe he was drafted in one quarterback leagues. Yeah, I can uh, I can pull up where he was drafted at, but yeah, he wasn't drafted really anywhere. I mean, quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was the quarterback thirty-one in average draft yeah. position. So behind Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Jimmy G, Ooh. way basically, yeah. I, I mean, even in two quarterback leagues, he could have been undrafted. But Baker Mayfield, yeah, <laughs> fifth and I think he's tied fourth for passing touchdowns. Um, twenty-eight passing touchdowns on the season. Uh, with Dak leading it at 32, so not far off from leading the league and passing touchdowns for Baker Mayfield is not something, not a sentence I thought I would utter uh, here this year. Yeah, no, I mean, he he came back and shocked me, and then I did want to give, I mean, I feel like a special shout-out to old Joe Flacco, who's back in oh, fantasy yeah. relevant. Yeah, oh yeah, who who knew that Flacco, you know, it's like, yeah. Flacco off the couch. Off the couch for... You know, consecutive three, you know, three hundred yard passing games blew up on the Jets. Like it was, man, they could he could have done so much more against them too. Like if they actually wanted to, but he just didn't need them to. So it's 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 wild to see. Yeah, off the couch, Joe Flacco. That is didn't play the whole season, so obviously we can't yeah. really put him there, but if we had just like a, a week 13 to week 17 one, he would no doubt be the winner, for sure. Yes, quite a quite a comeback story. Yeah. And uh, Steal of the Draft, this is our next award. This is the player, you know, you kind of stole late in drafts, um, you know, depending on where you got him and everything like that. I could have easily went Raheem Mostert here. Um, mm. I had, I've had him on the list already twice, so I, I decided to go another avenue. I went with Rashad White. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted as the running back 27, and he finishes the running back four. I mean, he was a top 20 running back all but four weeks. He was so consistent. He got all of the work in Tampa. He was the seventh in yards from scrimmage. He, he averaged 90 scrimmage yards a game, which, I mean, that's just, if you think of it, just nine points right there. You're just hoping for a touchdown and catching a few balls. That's going to push you over the top, so... For somebody you you drafted as like your third or maybe fourth running back, uh, yeah, Rod White's been you know phenomenal. He caught sixty balls so far on the season. Only Kamara, Brees Hall, and CMC caught more. And I mean, I didn't have him on many teams. I think just one, but you know, he, 
he was he was somebody who anytime I saw him lining up on the other side, I was like, okay, this guy's whatever he's projected for, like he's getting that. He's gonna get that 15, 16, 18 points a week just because he's touching the ball uh, a ton. And I think like I said, feel the draft going from running back twenty seven to running back four. Yeah. Uh I mean I I picked him up in a couple of leagues. He's was kind of part of my you can never have enough running backs. I wasn't yeah. planning on him being a great, you know, this great starter. But anytime I like, you know, those mid rounds of the draft, just give me someone who's a starting running back on a team. And one of them will work out and break out. And yeah, Rashad White definitely broke out. Uh, I did. I mean, I went with Raheem Mostert. We've we've talked about it a bit, but <laughs> what running back 40 he was taken. Yeah, running back 40. Yeah, so running back 40 to number two, again, just, hey, there's a team, they have a starting running back, take a shot on him, because you never know what'll happen. Uh, I kind of want to mention, I think I, Isaiah Pacheco, he was probably taken around where Brees Hall was, I'm guessing, if I remember correctly, and he put together a pretty solid year as well. Yeah, running back 30 is where Pacheco was, was drafted, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, the... The Raheem Mostert one, here, I'm just going to name some of the running backs that were drafted around him. Uh, he got Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Samaje P. Ryan, then Raheem Mostert, and then behind him, uh, Damian Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, Derek McKinnon. Like they, it, This is the running back, you know, a whole bunch of running back twos, uh, you know, for a okay. lot of teams. I get the P. Ryan one. Like, uh, I think, you know, his draft stock got inflated whenever... Uh, Javante wasn't, they weren't 100% sure he was going to suit up and might have been on yeah. IR. So he, he, he showed flashes there on the Bengals the, the year before with, with pass catching prowess and everything like that. So, yeah, Moster is, yeah, somebody. And you have uh, where, yeah, Jeff Wilson was going as the running back 68. So just even way later. So I was like, yeah, let me just cast my, you know, cast, I guess this is the last pick of a draft or I'm, you know, uh, throwing him on the end of my bench, seeing what I got. Clearly, the consensus with everybody, they all thought it was Raheem Mostert, and sure enough, uh, it was. I mean, I say all thought it was him. If they knew he was going to be the running back two, he'd have been a lot higher, but running back yeah. 40, that's, yeah, insane season by uh, Raheem Mostert. Yeah. All right, what do we have here next? We've got the single best performance award. So uh, this is who, you know, who you think had the single best performance overall, whether, you know, I think you've got to add a little context to it. You know, if you're in the playoffs, probably adds a little bit of a multiplier effect there. Um, if the player was even started, um, you know, if they weren't really, if they were somebody who was on your bench or on waivers before, maybe you know, that takes a little ding to them. But I had Amari Cooper in his 51-point performance. It wasn't the highest of the year. It wasn't the highest, uh, you know, anybody had of the season. But I, I feel like this was a player, Amari Cooper, given the matchup, you were starting him. Unlike an HN, like he was probably on benches or even on waiver wires in some leagues uh, when he kind of blew up. But he did it in the fantasy playoffs, and he set the Browns receiving record. Who, I mean, they've had they've had some receivers with with they've been around. Yeah, two hundred and sixty-five yards and two touchdowns. Just a career day and a career season for the ageless wonder, Amari Cooper. Yeah, he's my uh, he's my vote for the single best uh, performance award. Well, he's my vote too, and <laughs> yeah, I think you have to take into effect that week sixteen, 
you know, it's not recency bias, it's fantasy playoff bias mm-hmm. that he won your week for you. I did see some people saying he was doing it from their bench, but I mean, it's not like he had a terrible year. You probably drafted him to start him. And yeah, Houston is a juicy matchup. So you should have been starting him and he should have just won you that week. Yeah, I think an honorable mention, obviously we've got, you know, Jamar Chase's uh, huge game and um, CeeDee Lamb most recently blowing up for, what was it, like 220 and touchdown like he he went absolutely insane as well but the Mostert one like I said like it's you know you had uh sorry uh Von Achan like Mostert had a 25 point game the week before they played Denver and then Achan went for 200 yards and four touchdowns like they very few people were going to be starting him um if at all I think if I'm remembering correctly it was like less than one percent of people started him um in in that that game When I, was, I mean, why why would you start the backup running back? It made no sense to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I think it's a good vote, but it's, yeah, nobody was really starting them there, so you didn't get those points. Cooper, Lamb, uh, a lot of these guys, pretty awarding, uh, well worthy of the award. But, yeah, Cooper, I, I think with everything around it, he was the best one. So glad to see that you had the same, same uh, mindset and idea that I did. On to the next one here, um, playoff king. Now, this is a you know a player. We're, we're thinking of the fantasy playoffs. We're thinking of you know week fourteen or sorry week fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen as your fantasy playoffs. Who kind of had the the best uh, well-rounded performance there? Um, I say well-rounded because um, there's some players that I think are pretty close to deserving of the award, but maybe kind of left mm-hmm. you high and dry whether it's before that or during it. But like say Cooper. Yeah, like Amar. Cooper. Yeah, absolutely. So playoff king for me, I've got CD Lamb. And mm-hmm. I, I thought it was rather easy for me to pick that because like a Brees Hall, while he had a good performance during the playoffs, if you probably didn't make a playoffs if you started him every week before that because he didn't really wasn't doing that great before. And then Devontae Adams, like he had two great games out of three. It, in the middle of that was a basically a zero. I think he had one catch for four yards, so he you know plummeted your stock there. But no, I mean Lamb, he just went, he got better just as he did every season. Uh, he just got better each and every single week at the fantasy playoffs. He went seven for fifty three the first week, not great but good enough. And then in the semifinals he went six for one eighteen and one. Uh, so I mean just heating up there to let you know that. What's about to happen in the fantasy championship where he was the wide receiver one on the week with 13 catches for 227 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he just went insane. Lamb just, I mean, he set the Cowboys single season uh, franchise record for receptions and receiving yards in that game. Uh, well, I guess really on the season, but yeah, he's, he's just looked like the real deal. So CeeDee Lamb is my playoff king. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I mean, three great games. Um, I actually, I went with guy who had three great games and unfortunately bounced me out of the championship. So maybe there's a little bit of that there, but Kyron Williams, uh, week 15, 152 yards in a touchdown, week 16, 104 yards in a touchdown, week 17 championship <laughs> week, only 87 yards. Oh, and three touchdowns. So. 
I mean, three great weeks of production from him, uh, including the three touchdowns in championship week. How lucky are the Rams, right? I mean, just found a, they don't need to go into the draft and look for a running back. I mean, you could always add depth, but you don't need to really be looking for a running back. Wide receivers, I'd say you're fine there. Like, they've got their pieces. Kyron Williams, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. he's, he's he's been insane. I mean, he's gotten all of the work, though. I mean, you see some of these snap percentages, 94, 94, 90%, uh, 100. Like, he is getting a lot, if not all, of the work, um, which... Do you want that for Kyron Williams? Maybe not, um, but he's looked exceptional with it so far. So uh, maybe they just you want it, it in fantasy. I know that you do want it in fantasy. I remember some of those, you know, one hundred uh, percent of the snap Christian McCaffrey years. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you certainly want it for fantasy. That's a great pick, Kyron Williams. Um, yeah, he he's well deserving for quite a few awards. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead. Let's uh, let's send it off here with the last one. We're gonna go with the waiver wire pickup of the year, and I I feel really like you could you know change this award name to which Rams player had a better season mm-hmm. for you? <laughs> is it Kyron or is it Puka? Ultimately, uh, my waiver wire pickup of the year is Puka Nakua because you picked him up you know from week one. Once week one happened, uh, you said okay, yeah, this guy kind of did something. Let me go ahead and. And scoop him up. So you had him a little bit longer than Kyron. He was, but he wasn't as consistent. Uh, but he did play every single game. So Pukunakua is my pick. Which of the two, or maybe another player, did you pick for your waiver wire pickup of the year? Uh, I was boring. I went with Pukunakua. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Kyron Williams does make his his case, and I think running back is more valuable. The injury is what made the difference for me. Nakua played, as you said, every single week, had some huge weeks in there, even when, you know, Cooper Cup came back. So he was more inconsistent and running backs more valuable, but Puka was there every week. Yeah, Puka just, man, out of nowhere. I I remember, uh, I I hate to tell this story, the viewers may, you know, may stop listening, but I remember in Dynasty, I traded away Puka Nakua who I got off of waivers so I didn't you know I didn't pay anything for him so I I thought I was getting a deal after his week one performance where he had 15 targets 10 for 119 I said yeah I really like the talent but is this the peak like what can I actually expect out of this so I traded Puka Nakua away for a second round pick um, in next year's draft and then he only I, I haven't slept right since Jonah, so I've been I've been paying for it, no no doubt. Uh Puka Nakua is the real deal. I saw him later traded in that league for like a first and some more picks. Um mm. and yeah, he's just gonna be it's gonna be somebody I'm gonna try to acquire again. I'm not sure I, I have the draft capital to do so, but yeah, Puka Nakua has been absolutely insane. hundred and one receptions on the season, almost fifteen hundred yards. Like he he's the real deal. So yeah, Pukaniku is, is yep. well worthy of the waiver wire pickup. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our award show. Um, like I said, I had a lot of fun writing it. I thought it was, you know, uh, rather enjoyable to not have to go through the waivers and figure out which team has made the playoffs and, and kind of uh, are they going to be starting their starters and a lot of question marks at it. Like I said, week 18, if you're in a league that does those type of championships, 
maybe find another league. Maybe maybe get your commissioner to fix that next year. Um, but again, if you have any questions on who you want to start or who you need to pick up, uh, don't forget you can always find us on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, at Draft Dive, and also at underscore Colt Williams. And we're going to be back on next Thursday, not this Thursday, but next Thursday with our playoff predictions episode. So, Jonah... I am excited to kind of step a little bit away from fantasy, but get into the fantasy or get into the playoffs. Yeah, no, uh, playoffs, always a fun time of year. You know, won't be quite as fun for me with the Vikings, but mm. still fun. As as a Patriots fan uh, this year, I certainly feel your pain. So, all right, enough of the gloom and gloom. Uh, I will see you back here next Thursday for the playoff predictions. Yeah, sounds great, and thank you all for listening.